This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. The following entries were recorded the week of April 19th. I'm Jenith. I don't really have kids in my life right now, except through the internet. Um, I enjoy seeing the story or hearing the stories and then just seeing the photos and everything of kids. Um, but I really feel for parents because I feel like that would be incredibly difficult and we just weren't made to raise kids alone. Like it's supposed to be a village taking care of kids and not just like your extended family, but truly like everyone around you from teachers and daycare workers and, you know, maybe church influences or whoever, like usually there's so many adults that pour into a kid's life at every age. And I really feel for parents that they're having to take on all of that all at once. Um, and when in the middle of their own issues with employment or financial difficulties or just what the world's going through and the trauma the world's going through right now. So I, I really appreciate efforts others have put together to like read kids bedtime stories through video or to, um, you know, these teachers that are visiting kids at home from their cars or whatever. Um, so I, I really appreciate the people who are usually involved in a kid's life that are going the extra mile to help parents in that in this time. My name is Carlos. I am at the co-working space second shift. So I don't have any presence of children in my life right now. I do have my um, niece. She, uh, I see like lots of pictures of her, but I don't really get to interact with her because we're not like doing video. It's just like, I'll see pictures and it makes me happy to see her. I wish I could see her like in person, but you know, it's probably not a good idea at this point. But beyond that, I have no, no children in my life, which isn't too different from normal because uh, I don't actually interact with children too often, which I don't think is cool. I actually wish I interacted with kids more often, but um, I don't. So that's that. Right now, I'm spending almost all of my time on Twitter, and it, I like that there's a community that I've somewhat recently um, curated even further to just be people who I appreciate their voices. They're not all just like me in as far as like race or gender or orientation or thought process or anything like that goes. I feel like it's a pretty diverse group, but they're like me in that... Um, I feel like I can trust them to be the be the best versions of themselves, you know. But what frustrates me about it is if you remember from I think it's the second Hunger Games where President Snow's strategy or maybe it's the game maker's strategy but um putting Katniss in her wedding dress and then showing destruction and then, you know, talking about all the fluffy, you know, fun things about life and then immediately going to more war and destruction and 
famine and all the horrible things going on in the world. And that cognitive dissonance there of having a medium that flicks back and forth so quickly, that just, I think that's really messing us up on a cultural level. I just can't imagine how human brains were not meant to work this way and mental health cannot survive this. Um, but that's just kind of right now the reality we're dealing with on every platform. And that's how our primary relationships are, is that you see a story of somebody talking about how they lost their dad this morning and the devastating, you know, story behind it. And then immediately after that is a joke. And then immediately after that is a TV show posting. And then immediately after that is this heart-wrenching story of this dad leaving behind two special needs kids. And then immediately after that, there's an ad for a new you know, cooking utensil and somebody talking about the bread they've made. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just constantly on and on is just like devastating tragedy, mildly entertaining fact, you know, jokes, memes, and it's just all kind of mixed in there together. And so you can't emotionally process this. It's so frustrating and, and just really, really screwed up on an emotional level. But yet that's where my people are. So I hate to admit it, but I am an avid Facebook user. I hate it. I think it sucks when I'm on it. I'm just scrolling through, you know, my timeline and seeing or my newsfeed or whatever. What I like about the platform is that everyone's on it. So it only works for me by virtue of being the default platform. So I can get the most amount of reach with the least amount of effort. What I tend to see in my newsfeed a lot of the time are things that aggravate me. Like it's not everything. I mean, a lot of the stuff is things that I like, but it's things that aggravate me. And even the things that I like, it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of just like people agreeing with each other, sharing things that we like and I don't know. It takes up too much of my time. Uh, I use it because it's distracting. I wish I didn't. I think Mark Zuckerberg sucks for a number of different reasons. That could be its own podcast. <laughs> and I think um, I wish there was an alternative that I could use. But uh, through the utility of the events and the ease of you know reaching people and also learning about other events and groups is is what makes it hard to get rid of, but hopefully in the future I'll find a way around it so I can no longer use it and contribute to this, you know, dividing, addicting mess. <laughs> There's just so much silence around me because I live alone and I don't really know people in my town and I didn't have a lot of close friends. Like, I just don't have a lot of close friends and I never really have. I go to Twitter, like that's where I go for expressing thoughts and talking to people and having human communication as an extrovert. It's just so such a good tool because there's constantly people there to talk to, to fill that social need. Primarily right now, I'm um, communicating with people through groups, people who we've been in this huge Facebook group. And then now we've got this Marco Polo group where we're literally talking and seeing each other's faces and hearing out each other's voices and it's just a lot more personal and, and more intimate than we had been when it was just like Facebook posts in a group. So two of my closest friends are Dory and Skylar. I have known Dory for, geez, <laughs> I think it's been like a decade. 
And Skyler, I met much more recently, like maybe four years ago, but um, I think he's the shit and I love talking to him and, and hanging out with him. Um, I've only seen them digitally, which isn't different for uh, Dory because she lives in Austin, whereas uh, my friend Skyler lives here in Chicago. I'm not really good at like online interactions. Like I'm not good at texting or calling or sending email or like, unless it like serves a specific purpose. Like it's not something I particularly enjoy. And I think I've thought about why. And I think it's because there is a sort of song and dance that you have to get into with even people that you're close with about, hey, how are you doing? What have you been up to? What's new? And the conversation doesn't get stimulating or interesting until like 30 minutes in. And it's not that I don't particularly care about those things with my friends. It's just that it can be a little boring and even annoying to kind of go over those things, but it seems rude if you don't. Um, maybe that's something I could change with them and with other friends, but I guess that's kind of the default. I have another group of online-only friends that has always been online-only. Like, we've never known each other, really. Like, we've met in person a few times, but just this other group that is a, a private chat group. And that's been really helpful because well-organized into channels. And so we can kind of post about whatever you feel like you're in the mood for. So it's like, if you're talking about food, you can, like, you know when you click in the food channel that that's what's going to be there. It's not going to be anything triggering or serious. And then there's a triggering channel and there's a COVID channel. And like, you know what you're going to get when you click on the channel. So I kind of wish Twitter was more organized like that to where, you know, you could kind of filter out what you need to hear at the moment. If you're looking to get news or if you're looking to just get memes, or if you're looking to have a theological discussion about some other issue, um, cause that's, that's what my Twitter feed is. I've always been an in-person kind of guy. Like I like hanging out with people in person as much as possible. Um, I try to avoid texting, calling, etc., video chat, unless I can't see them. So uh, my friend Dory actually got mad at me because I had been not responding to her texts and calls and stuff. So I felt kind of bad. And so I apologized. <laughs> Because she was right. So I've been trying more deliberately the last couple of weeks to set aside time to talk to people because I think it's important to maintain relationships. I do care about these people. And even though it can be laborious, I think it's my responsibility as their friend to, you know, check in on them and see how they're doing. And the same goes the other way. So friendship in the pandemic, honestly, hasn't been a lot different for me than otherwise, but, um, I am grateful for more people are reaching out. Um, in some ways <laughs> I kind of feel like that the people are making fun of like all the dogs that are at home because like, they're so excited that their people are home all day instead of going to work. And that's kind of what I feel like with social life is that I'm, I'm kind of that dog that's like, Oh, finally, like people are spending time with me in their home and they're not like going out with their friends, like in the real world. And so Therefore, since they can't go out, 
they're hosting video meetings that I can now join because I wasn't able to join those video meetings when they were being held in person because they were somewhere else. Um, and just all that sort of thing is that instead of going out to bars or clubs or whatever with people, like they're going to Twitter or going to Facebook or Instagram or wherever social media platform, Zoom and, and all that. So now I can join them. Whereas because I live so far away from people, I just couldn't do that before. So in some ways it's been really good for my social life because my friends are kind of more willing to put in the effort to stay in touch than they would have been otherwise. All Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated about this project, please visit us on social media. We're at All Alone Pod on Instagram and Twitter. This is an area code podcast.